Today is Friday, February 24th, 2023. Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, episode 310. We're coming in hot. Everybody's working for the weekend. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Over the next 45 minutes, I, Dr. Gerald Ozier, will be bringing hot takes, top cybersecurity news, my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories. And you know who else is going to be doing it? Kenneth Ruff. Toasty Pops, John De La Cruz, Jared Pierpoint. It's been a minute, Jared. Good to see you. Andrew Nakamura, my man. Kerry, Cybersecurity Central, William Welch, and the entire Simply Cyber community. Bring in the heat. Tearing up those stories. You're going to be able to take this information and operationalize it next week at work. After the weekend, obviously, because we're all working for the weekend. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, knowing these terminologies, knowing these concepts, knowing these actors is going to be huge for you in a job interview. Uh, I'm not going to call anyone out, but I know for a fact somebody, yes, not only IT nailing it with the uh, Chris Farley. Listen, I'm not going to name names here, but I know for a fact somebody in our community interviewed for a job late last or this week, middle of this week. And I'm not going to say that it was easy. But they dunked on it. They dunked. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just so pumped for this community and the people who are doing amazing things. But before we get into the news. Yes. Before we get into it, let me take a minute and thank the stream sponsors, starting with my friend Eric Taylor at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicating to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues, people, for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They they bundle it up. They, they origami it into a little cube and then they jam it back into the lamp. They push the toothpaste back into the tube. Unbelievable. These people, Eric Taylor, Casually Joseph, the whole gang. If you guys don't have a plan for when you get hit with a cyber incident, if you're only doing the first two phases of the NIST cybersecurity framework and you think that's good enough, <laughs> it's not. All right. Spoiler alert. Uh, consider going to barricadecyber.com, getting on Eric Taylor's calendar. No no uh, obligations. Not, it's very casual. Hey, Eric, what's up? Hey, what's up with you? Guy's a former Marine. He's, 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 he's into, like, getting crap done, not into, like, foo-foo, all right? Also want to say shout-out and love to IT Pro TV, now IT Pro by ACI Learning. Uh, Simply Cyber is proud to be affiliated with them. Guys, there's a lot of free material out on the interwebs. Simply Cyber has a ton of free content. Take advantage of the free stuff, but, guys, be mindful. If, you, if time is an issue, if you're looking for things to be curated in the right way, if you're looking for practice, exa- uh, practice exams, if you're looking for labs and have them all like just work and not have to goof around with Python 2 versus Python 3 versus the right drivers, whatever. IT Pro TV is a good option, right? You pay a couple bucks, but you get, you, you get uh, a lot of the headache pushed out of the side. Here's a link in chat if you're interested. Very proud of... Um, the affiliation there and use the code simply cyber 30 in chat uh, i dropped in chat to uh, get 30 percent off your first month or your first year <clears throat> now i want to remind everybody that each episode of the daily cyber threat briefing is worth half a cpe so be sure to say what's up hashtag team live hashtag team replay hashtag team hybrid hashtag passive observer uh if you're in chat if you're live i love it i see 87 of you we're going to be coming in correct uh, we're, I got shot out of a cannon this morning, so we're, we're pumping these numbers, y'all. Uh, if you are on replay, thanks for catching it on the replay. I so much appreciate it. Hashtag Team Replay, especially you West Coast people. Uh, genuinely appreciate all that you guys do. Later on in the show, we'll be doing the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So, Carrie, get ready for that at the mid-roll. I'll explain more about what that program is if you missed the uh, earlier shows this week. 
But that does it for the intro. I do want to say, what's up, Tom Bishop? I see you on Team Live. Oh, yeah, Gaming with the Cat. Got myself some TCM security merch representing. You know, I, I well, my course is on their platform already, but I have been a fan of TCM. I've been a fan of uh, Zach Hill. I love what they're doing. Guys, I'm on a mission. Um, like, I never really formalized it, but I love helping people like get into cybersecurity. I love cybersecurity. Like this is just a, before we get into the news. I love cybersecurity. I love thinking about it. I love talking about it. I love working it. I love just like all the things cybersecurity. Reading about it, watching TV shows about it. I'm all up in cybersecurity's business. And it's given me so much. Like my it's provided for my family. It's given me purpose. I it, it just I'm very satisfied. And for me, it's uh it's it's like if I can give someone else this experience, hell yeah! Like let's let's go, LFG. All right, now enough about all that. I want you to sit back, relax, and let the cool tones of cybersecurity news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, February 24th, 2023. Fruit giant Dole suffers ransomware attack impacting operations. One of the world's largest producers and distributors of fresh fruit and vegetables, Dole Food Company has announced that it is dealing with a ransomware attack that has impacted its operations. There are a few details at the moment and the company is currently investigating the scope of the incident, noting that the impact is limited. However, a memo leaked on Facebook by a Texan grocery store indicates that the food giant was forced to shut down its production plants at least for a day in North America. It appears that Dole has also halted its shipments to other grocery stores. All right. So, you know, when I saw this title drop in chat, a couple of things occurred to me. One, you might think like, oh, if it's a ransomware of LA County School District, like I can see the impact or, oh, if it's Colonial Pipeline, oh my gosh, like people are flipping out, filling solo cups with gasoline, like I could see the impact, oil and gas, et cetera. Like fruit giant dole, like, oh, I don't get a banana. Oh, like my fruit basket doesn't arrive on time. Like, what do I care? But I want I want to point out a couple of things. One, threat actors don't care. They don't care if it is a video game company, a meat packing company, or a oil and gas company. It's all about the Benjamins. That's right, Randy. It's all about the cash guys. So, um, you know, I was actually thinking about this today. Like if I was a if I was a real threat actor, like a real sophisticated threat actor, because this is probably not by the way, this is probably done by a very advanced sophisticated threat actor. Um Okay, so if I was an advanced threat actor, all I would do was go onto the Forbes Fortune 500, right, which lists the 500 most like profitable revenue generating companies in the um, in the world. I think it might be just on the stock exchange. <laughs> Anyways, my point is, you can get an itemized list of the most revenue generating companies because they're. Um, publicly traded, they have to disclose their earnings numbers, revenue numbers, profit, where they're winning, where they're losing. It's a freaking blueprint for the bad guys. Like all, all I would do if I was a threat actor is go to the Fortune 500, remove like the top 25, just, just remove the top 25. Cause I'll just assume that they've got, um, you know, eyes on security, pen testing the works, right? Like they've got the most money. They probably got the best security, right? So you still have four, like F, like let's remove the top 100. You still have 400 hugely profitable companies. Thanks, Paula Terranova, for being a squad member for four months. Right? You got 400 companies all making bank, and you got all the numbers and everything to attack them. Uh, so why not go after Dole? In, in fact, I'd even, I'd even go as far to say is, like, because this does not impact society, like, when I read this, I was like, oh, that's, that stinks. And as BSEC pointed out, maybe Gwen Stefani's upset because this is B-A-N-A-N-A-S. But for the most part, many of us are just going to go on our way and not think twice about this. And that's another thing that threat actors, especially in this current environment of ransomware, where they're starting to lose a little bit of traction and a little bit of um, the, the war, they don't want to invite uh, unnecessary attention Colonial Pipeline outlined that if you touch, like really touch critical infrastructure in a way that causes mass panic, 
the U.S. government will weigh its entire um, gravity on you, right? Remember, they, they the U.S. government got some of the money back from the Colonial Pipeline, and it resulted in, I want to say it was Darkseid that did the Colonial Pipeline. Darkseid immediately disbanded and then became Black Matter, Black Cat, Black Alpha. But the point is, it was a massive hit, and nobody wants that, right? They, they spend so much time building up their 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 organization right their ttps effectively that they don't want to get hit so this is kind of a savvy target for threat actors now you know hearts and prayers go out to dole i mean this blows like if i was if i was in charge of infosec at dole i'd be like you know bringing a sleeping bag to work tomorrow tell my kids i'll see him on wednesday next week because this is going to be bad this is going to be real bad so stay tuned for this the only other thing i'll mention about this is that um it is a food producer, so you got to be careful with um, with supply chain stuff. I don't know where Dole, like obviously we buy bananas, but like um, we buy bananas, but like do do does agro does agriculture buy food from Dole to feed the cattle and stuff like that? Right, like the supply the food supply chain is a very delicate ecosystem. Like Tyson, if anybody watched that Adam Conover's um, Ticketmaster Crush Taylor Swift video or whatever it is. Um, he goes into how Tyson Foods, Tyson, they basically control like 80% of meat in the United States, right? So if you ransomware Tyson, we'd run into like these like meat supply chain issues and stuff, right? So anyways, um, that's all I'll say about that. Press is pushing CISOs out the door. A new report from Gartner states that nearly half of CISOs will change jobs by 2025 due to stress caused by the risk of being breached while trying to retain staff. <laughs> this is a perfect the next firm story. Found that the stressors of the cybersecurity world make the job of a cybersecurity professional unsustainable. This includes the knowledge that there are only two possible outcomes, get hacked or don't. The psychological impact of this is profound, directly affecting decision quality and performance of cybersecurity leaders and their teams, the report states. Notably, quote, a leader recovering from the stress of a data breach could last less than five years on the job, end quote, which the report identifies as the average tenure of a cybersecurity leader. Okay, okay, okay. So this is a kind of a big one. And I know many of you, oh, thank you, Zach Hill. Thank you. I'm bringing the heat, my friend. Listen, so I've talked about this on the show in the past. I know that many of you in the audience are not at the CISO level, so I don't, I don't know how much you all care about getting into the nuts and bolts of CISOs, but I have talked on the show before. The average lifespan of a CISO, at least in like 2017, 2018, 2019, was 18 months. Now, I've read reports that indicate that it has increased to 24 months. And that might be partially because of the pandemic. You can work remotely. You got a little bit more flexibility. People um, are, um, you know, trying to give it a little bit longer. But a, a real quick TLDR. Here's the deal. CISO comes in. Like any other job, you've got 90 days to figure out, like, where's the bathroom? Like, how do we, how do, like, who's power players here? Where's the coffee? What time do I really need to be into work? Like, which a-hole is the one who sends emails at, like, 2 a.m. on Saturday night? Okay, I got all that. Then the next three months, the, the so the first six months, you're like, okay, what is the current state of this program? Like, do, am I building this from Greenfield? Is this a hot mess that I'm taking over from some other CISO? So you get three months there. So now you're at six months and you're just like effectively starting then excuse me then you have to uh now you you should have some idea of like what your program is then you spend three months developing some type of long-term strategy your three-year roadmap right so now you're at nine months then you start executing on your roadmap right you need to get budget you need to get buy-in yada 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 you go on like an award tour for three months get everybody buy-in everybody's thumbs up you celebrate your one-year anniversary you haven't really accomplished much right then you start executing that strategy. Well, guess what? You'll find out very quickly that either A, you don't have the support, uh, either from tone at the top, from governance, or you don't have the money. Like, oh, hey, like, I know you really wanted to buy that firewall, but, uh, you know, like, whatever. We wanted to expand into the European market. And we need the money there. Your budget's been cut. Or can you make, um, can you make um, two dimes out of a nickel? Can you do that for us, buddy? Can you make some concessions, right? So you find that out within the first two months. And now you're, you're, you're carving your cybersecurity program down to the bone or having massive gaps. And you're like, this sucks. 
And it takes about six months on average for, I mean, not always, but on average, six months for a CISO to find a new job. So guess what happens? We're at month 12. You start looking because you know that your program's destined to fail. 18 months, ding, you got a new job, rinse, repeat, start over. Okay, this is, this is what is happening. This is the deal, right? Or you're a CISO and you do build a program. And then like, if you've seen me do threat gen red versus blue, building a program is a lot of fun. Like it's like a lot of moving pieces, a lot of meetings, a lot of cheerleading, all these things. And then it turns into real work. You need to nurture, feed, maintain just the systems you've put in place. Then you need to nurture, maintain, develop the talent that you have on your team and make them feel good and make them achieve their goals, right? And it becomes, I don't want to call it a grind, but it's a different job than building a program. Maintaining a program is much different than building one. And a lot of CISOs are like, well, shit, I could just go build another program somewhere else. That's a lot of fun. And oh, by the way, typically there's less CISO humans than there are CISO jobs. So you can you can jump around and get paid out, um, obviously. Cash, right. So this is what happens now in this story. Sorry, guys. Um, exactly, Nathan Bolin. Uh, and I, I'm not really looking at chat right now too much, guys, because I'm flipping out at the screen. So hopefully I'm not missing anything key. Uh, mod, mods, if there is something key, let me know, and I'm, I'm happy to talk. Uh, so what they're talking about here, 50% of CISOs are going to switch jobs by 2025 because of stress from the job. Bro, let me tell you something right now. We are in the golden age of being information security professionals. I don't care if you're a CISO, a director of InfoSec, as InfoSec manager, a SOC analyst, a GRC analyst, a junior privacy analyst. What? Probably not privacy. I, I don't know why I said that. Listen, here's the deal. If you have never suffered a breach, like a significant breach, awesome. You know how to implement a program. Yes, you can do your job well. If you have suffered a breach, they don't look at it as, oh, you suck at defending. What they say is, holy crap, you actually have real experience dealing with a real threat and a real compromise. You understand how to go from, oh my God, we're totally porked to, oh my God, we're back up and running, high five. That is incredibly valuable. You cannot get that in a lab, a classroom, a webinar. You cannot get that, um, like basically, better strap on your brown pants because it's going to be a, a pretty ugly day today. You can't simulate that. You could try, but you can't, right? That has wicked value. I remember, personal story, I was um, in a company and we were interviewing for CISOs and there were two candidates left, two finalists. And the reason that the, the one candidate won not exclusively, but a big reason he won was because he was involved at the time with one of the largest breaches in U.S. history, and he was he was a uh, a, a director of information security. He wasn't the CISO, but he was like one of the direct reports, and he went through that experience. And they were like, "Oh my God! Like if if he's been through that one, if we get hit, he'll know what to do." Sold. Bring this guy on. He left 18 months later. No joke. Group likely using new backdoor to exfiltrate sensitive data. A new backdoor associated with a malware downloader named WS Link has been discovered, with the tool likely being used by the notorious North Korea aligned Lazarus Group. These are new findings revealed by ESET. The payload, dubbed as WinOR DLL64, that's W-I-N-O-R DLL64, is a fully featured implant that can exfiltrate, overwrite and delete files, execute PowerShell commands and obtain comprehensive information about the underlying machine. WS Link was first documented by ESET in October 2021, describing it as a, quote, simple yet remarkable malware loader, end quote, that is capable of executing received modules in memory. Fishing sites and apps. All right. Um, oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Like, guys, I got to tell you, honestly, when I see a story like this, I scroll hoping, fingers crossed, to get a graphic. Okay, so we got a graphic. Here's the operator. This is North Korean, uh, uh, allegedly North Korea. Here's a download server. So this server right here would be uh, threat actor controlled. It could be a compromised asset, right? It could be Kimberly's workstation. Um, and no big deal, but it is, or it could be North Korean in an AWS farm. Not that they do that, but, um, it could be anywhere. The, the fact is it's hosting this uh, malicious backdoor payload. Uh, they connect on a handshake. 
Uh, they use AES encryption because they're not idiots, and they use the same tools we use to secure their um, their mission. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Oh, this isn't it. This is actually, I'm sorry. This says WS link downloader server, but in reality, this looks more like the compromised asset. Yeah, this looks like the compromised asset, and then this is the actual loading. So I think this graphic is actually wrong, um, if I had to guess. This is this is not WS Link Downloader Server. This is actually compromised asset. And then this is running the um, the DLL on the asset itself. Um, and basically, oh, dude, guys, this isn't this isn't new, okay? This isn't new. Um, it's cool, right? It's a new backdoor, so look for indicators of compromise. But all it is is it's a backdoor that has like a pretty um menu like think of metasploit like it's got a menu of options that the threat actor can do okay this reminds me a lot of um mac os uh fruit fly fruit oh my god jerry spell fruit fly yeah so here I, I'm just going to share this with you guys. Okay, so this is from 2018. 15-year-old Fruitfly Mac malware. So 2003, it had been around. Okay. Um, this malware ran on Mac OS long before people thought malware could run on Macs. Okay. And it basically had the same functionality. It was a backdoor. It, it could take screenshots, upload files, download files, turn the camera on. Like, it could do all the things. So... The reason I, and, and guys, by the way, um, I want to share this because I feel strongly about this. Um, one of my favorite, I would say like top, top three speakers is Patrick Wardle. Okay. If you guys know Patrick Wardle, he's from Hawaii. He's a super cool dude. And um, he is a Apple expert. He is all things Apple, former NSA. So he's got all that going. Um, this is his talk on Fruitfly from DEFCON. Uh, I forget which DEFCON it was, but check this out if, if you're interested. Um, and if you're interested in Mac malware, Mac security research, Patrick Wardle is the king. He's the top of the hill. I love me some Patrick Wardle. Very approachable guy. Okay, so long story short, this is a Mac, uh, excuse me, this is a Microsoft Windows backdoor solution for North Korean Lazarus Group, who are very sophisticated, they target financial, uh, fintech, crypto, etc. Uh, so, if there is any indicators of compromise, you want to be mindful of this. It does not get into explaining how initial infection happens, unfortunately, but you have to imagine it's um, whatever Lazarus Group's current things are, which include be mindful if someone sends you a random job offer or hey, we saw you and we want to, we want you to work with us. Like any amount of salary, you name it, we got it. Uh, just open this uh, attachment and look at the offer. That could be North Korea. Okay. So here we go. Use ChatGPT as Lure. Several new Windows and Android phishing campaigns are using ChatGPT to trick users into downloading malware and handing over their credit card details. Cybersecurity firm Cybel says that several phishing sites are being spread by fake social media pages spoofed in the name of ChatGPT developer OpenAI. They said, quote, the page seems to be trying to build credibility by including a mix of content such as videos and other unrelated posts, end quote. A closer look revealed that some posts on the page contain links that lead users to typo-squatted phishing pages that impersonate ChatGPT. These phishing pages trick users into downloading malicious files onto their machines. Shall we play a game? All right, guys. So again, if you if you know what to look for, or if you've been around long enough, you see patterns. You see, it's like design patterns in software engineering. If if there's any other nerds out there who who went through like computer science or software dev um, programs. Design patterns, right? Like the, 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 the variables change, the attributes change, the color, the markup, whatever it all changes, but the pattern does not change. Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for you right now. Here's the pattern, okay? Whatever is popular right now, whatever is popular right now, I don't care if it's ChatGPT. 
I don't care if it's World Cup. I don't care if it's Russia invading Ukraine. I don't care if it's IRS tax season. I don't care if it's the Super Bowl. I don't care if Simply Cyber just dropped a new course. Bra, 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 chop. Threat actors will capitalize on whatever the hot thing is right now and create phishing links uh, that go to typically typo squad. So they'll send phishing emails about that topic. They'll also que- create typo squatted domains. What is typo squatted, Jerry? Typo squatted is a domain name that looks similar to a legit domain, but there's something wrong to it. I'll give you a couple examples. Chat GPT. Right, so chatgpt.openai.com, right? Let's say that's the URL. A threat actor could could get chatgpt.openai.com, chatgpt.openai1.com, chatgpt.open.al.com. Do you see what I'm saying? If you look at it, you'll know it's not the legit thing, but most people don't look at it. If the look and feel of the website is right, then you know, you'll, you'll fall for it. That's social engineering. That's basic, 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 basic socialengineering.com. Don't even get me started on, oh, nice one, BSEC. I like that, Simply Cyber. Um, also, Punycode, P-U-N-Y-C-O-D-E. I don't even know if YouTube chat is going to allow you to, to do Punycode, but Doris from Germany, my German friends in chat, uh, my, my Norwegian friends from chat, you guys have characters in your alphabet that are not, in the U.S. language, like the zero or the O with the line through it or the O with the two dots or the E with the two dots, like whatever those things are. Um, and I know I sound incredibly like ignorant American when I say these things, but like just I'm sorry. I don't know what those things are called. Um, but if you did simply cyber.io, which is my website, but the E in cyber was like the two dot E, that would be a completely different domain name, right? So it would look legit. Okay, so this is how threat actors stand up real looking infrastructure and then trick you into doing things. And by the way, if I say click here to have ChatGPT local on your own desktop, you'd be like, hell yeah. Every time I go to ChatGPT's website, it says it's full and I have to wait. I ain't got time for that. I could download a local instance. Now, no one thinks for a second that it's ridiculous to think that you would have ChatGPT's backend database downloaded onto your machine. But most people don't think through that. They just think, oh, yeah, ChatGPT on my local station. Thank you. Dot, 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 dot. Click, 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 click. Download, download, download. Right? And then what you're really doing is download, download, download. Redline Info Stealer. Download, download, download. Malicious Backdoor. Download, download, download. Completely owned. Right? So be mindful. Again, I'll, I'll finish it where I started. The patterns don't change. The variables do change. And once you start seeing the patterns, you'll see them all over the place. And it becomes very easy to educate end users because you can quickly change the variables to whatever suits you and your narrative or your audience. So anyways. And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Have you fallen victim to a ransomware attack? Well, don't worry. Barricade Cyber Solutions has helped thousands of customers in situations just like yours. Our proprietary ransomware recovery services are designed to quickly get your business back on track. Our team of experts will identify the source of the attack and provide a comprehensive solution to prevent it from happening again. You can count on us for the security of your data and systems. Visit BarricadeCyber.com. Yeah, BarricadeCyber.com. Welcome to the mid-roll. Hey, 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 hey. All right, people, I want to say thank you all for being here. Thank you to Barricade Cyber Solutions and ACI Learning for sponsoring the streams for the month of February. We got new sponsors coming in hot for March. Barricade Cybers is a stalwart sponsor of the Simply Cyber Daily Threat Briefing, so don't sweat them. They'll be here, but we got some rotations coming in. Very excited to welcome uh, some businesses that want to be part of Simply Cyber, want to uh, support us and uh, our friends of the channel. So you guys will know them uh, when they roll in. Now, if you've got educational value out of the stream, entertainment value out of the stream, hell, if you like my shirt, TCM Sec, take a hot minute, hit the like button. I know it's hard on mobile to like move the screen and find the thumbs up button, then re, you know, I know you don't want to disengage chat, but I promise you, we will still be here when you get back from hitting that like button, okay? It goes a long way. It goes a very long way to 
helping other people discover Simply Cyber. The likes aren't for me or for my ego. The likes are for the YouTube algorithm to know how uh, if this show sucks or not and then to tell other people who are into cyber, okay? If you want to get an email from me on Monday, holla, 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 uh, on three actionable uh, tips that you can do next week at work. I know everybody's working for the weekend, but I... <laughs> I some of you may or may not know this. I do work seven days a week. Uh, it's one of the ways that I'm able to maintain um, the amount of work I do. So tomorrow I'll be working and I will generate this email for you guys. So if you want to get it, go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter. I'll put a link in chat, please. Uh, let me do this. Yeah, yeah, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> it is. All right. Um, definitely a big fan. All right. So it is Friday. We've been having a very successful week with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, Kim, uh, so Chuck Sapp kicked it off, tagging Kimberly McKnight, who threw it over to Carrie. Carrie did a wonderful job knocking out the LinkedIn post and connecting with so many people. Carrie, I hope your network grew, and those who connected with Carrie, I hope um, you get value from that network connection as well. But now I'll throw it out to Carrie. Carrie, you need to tag someone in chat right now, and we will continue the chain. While Carrie's doing that, I will tee up Grayson's joke of the week. All right, Grayson, my son Grayson, every single uh, every single Friday, my son Grayson provides us a joke. I asked him last night over dinner. Um, Hey, hey, uh, Grayson, what's the joke of the week? And he just turns to me and goes, Dad, do you know why, do you know why flowers are lazy? Do you know why flowers are lazy, Dad? And I said, no, Grayson, why? He said, because they're always just laying around their flower bed. All right. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, Grayson, for the joke of the week. It looks like Carrie has selected gaming with the cat. All right, Gaming with the Cat. Uh, let me know, Gaming with the Cat, if you're comfortable continuing the chain. And we will continue it. So, all right. Accepting the request. Thank you, Gaming with the Cat. So what we need Gaming with the Cat to do is go on LinkedIn. Post on LinkedIn about, you know, whatever. Like, why do you love cybersecurity? What have you, like, what is cybersecurity given to you? Like, simply cyber community. Anything you want, Gaming with the Cat. It's your opportunity to make a meaningful post. Put the hashtag simply cyber community challenge in there. If you can, do four of four or four of X because it'll be the fourth one. I would like to keep track of how many links the chain has. And show up on Monday, Gaming with the Cat, to continue the chain, please. Thank you very much to Kerry for doing his part. Go connect with Gaming with the Cat on LinkedIn uh, to continue the chain. That's the whole point, guys. Building our networks individually to make a greater good for everybody's professional career. Let's continue. NSA shares guidance on how to secure your home network. The guide, published by the Defense Department's Intelligence Agency on Wednesday, includes a long list of recommendations to help remote workers secure their home networks and defend their devices from attacks urging teleworkers to ensure their devices and software are up to date, to back up their data regularly and to disconnect equipment that they're not using if it does not require an active internet connection at all times. Quote, at minimum, you should schedule weekly reboots of your routing device, smartphones and computers. Regular reboots help to remove implants and ensure security. End quote. This from the NSA. Other best practices include using a non-privileged user account on your computer, enabling automatic updates whenever possible, and covering webcams and disabling microphones when not using them to block eavesdropping attempts via compromised devices or malware. All right, couple things here. <clears throat> couple things here. A couple things here, okay? So this is the NSA providing guidance. Okay. The NSA is the United States national security agency, but like really, um, they are the code breakers. They are the, um, you know, elite hackers. Yeah. Different factions of the DOD have access to cyber professionals, but for the most part, they rent out NSA operators for missions. Okay. 
Uh, it came out years ago, so it's not a secret, but like NSA's TAO group, which is like Tactical Access Operations Group, they are uh, like, you know, you hear of like the elite hackers or whatever. Um, that's the TAO group, right? Patrick Wardle, the guy I told you about earlier, TAO. Okay, a couple other people. Anyways, long story short, the NSA um, cranks out really, really good cyber professionals, right? Now, they are providing guidance on how to secure your home network. Now, any of us can take advantage of this, right? Any of us, Jerry can, Reggie Davis can, Justin Gold can, okay? But it's really designed for their staff. Now, I find it alarming that this far into post-pandemic, the NSA is now releasing this guidance. They, I, I would bet money that matters to me that the NSA issued this guidance to their staff long before today, like, like years ago, okay? So here's the second thing I want to point out. One, they talk about rebooting all your devices, including your router, to remove implants. Some implants uh, reside in memory, and they don't have um, kind of persistent mechanisms to start on startup. So if you reboot them, you kind of clear them out, which is a great idea. But like, when was the last time you rebooted your router? You tell me, like it, it, people don't do it often. Typically the router is like somewhere that isn't even like really accessible or anything. Second thing that I call, that I noticed, this right here, this is interesting, okay? This is an Amazon Echo device, the old one, the one that looks like a Pringles can, not the little dots that they've gone to. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'd almost even point out that this, graphic is old because I don't know why, like, again, this actually may, leads me to believe that this has been developed already. This has been done already and that, and that it's just coming to light now because this, this Amazon hasn't made the echo devices look like this for probably five years. Okay. But here is the interesting thing to me. The fact that they even include personal digital assistance devices in their scope, right? This, like, I get it. Yes, it can eavesdrop on what we're hearing. But guys, like, is this actually a, a threat vector? Is this an area of concern? Like, some people, privacy advocates, etc. There's been a couple fringe use case stories of like, oh, like, the recordings got recorded and not deleted, et cetera, et cetera, right? Some people talk about these things. I won't have these eavesdropping devices in my house, whatever. The NSA is saying that you should mute them when not in use and limit conversations. So that leads me to believe that they, they may be doing some work in that space and have discovered some uh, techniques to leverage those as advanced listening devices. So that's, to me, very interesting. That's not even part of like what this is all about. It's just like, like as soon as I saw it, I was like, hmm, like that's that's interesting. Let me get my little tinfoil hat. Where's my tinfoil hat? There we go. Not saying anything, just saying. If you got an echo device, the NSA wants you to <laughs> eat it. All right. The other thing that they say here is that you should use a personal router, not your standard ISP router. Um so, you know, a lot of times the home router that comes from your Verizon or 18 tier, wherever, like you can't really maintain it. They do push uh, updates to it sometimes, but it's not really kept up to date and stuff. If you had your own router in front of it that you secured, um, I guess it would work, right? I mean, the threat actor could still get your gateway router, but then would they be stopped behind your actual router? I'm not sure. I'd have to think about it. Second of all, this is asking a lot of people, right? So now you're asking, you're asking general end users. You're asking Carl and accounting. You're asking Carl and accounting to like go home and, and like, let's just put the digital assistant aside for a second, like go home and get their own personal router, set it up, secure it, put it in place in front of the gateway firewall router and, and maintain some level of network engineering. And I know like BSEC is a professional network engineer for, for example, right? So like BSEC could do this probably with like pinkies only. Like we, we duct tape his hands and he's only allowed to use his pinkies. He probably could do it, okay? Not that like, <laughs> not that network engineering is actually physically related, it's more mental. But my point is, it's fine if you know what you're doing, but the majority of the staff that you have to worry about are not 
with all due respect, qualified to set up their own networking devices and securely configure them. So I find that to be quite challenging. And the NSA is expecting you to pay for it, right? Now, these routing devices, you can get them pretty cheap, but it's like, what are we doing here? Like, how about, how about you, like, how about the, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but just, it comes to mind. Like, how about the government buys pre-configured secure routers and sends them home with their staff and says, hey, just unplug your gateway router, plug this in. And then we've already configured the network name to be like, you know, whatever, like um, <laughs> enchantment under the sea dance, right? Like that's the name of your wireless network and you connect to it, right? I, I don't know, but my, I'm just saying like, I probably spent way too much time on this story, but like, this is a good effort. But at the same time, like as someone who's wicked passionate about information security awareness training for end users, this this is like a shot in the right direction, but it misses the target entirely because you're not you're not you're not accounting for the education level and the you know the ability to execute by your staff who receive this. New Steelk malware as a service targets web browsers, crypto wallets, and email clients. Researchers have identified a popular new information stealer being advertised for purchase on Russian-speaking dark web forums. Steelk, S-T-E-A-L-C, is a ready-to-use stealer that targets sensitive data from at least 23 web browsers, including Google Chrome, Vivaldi, and Mozilla Firefox, as well as popular desktop cryptocurrency wallets like Binance and Coinomi. Steelk also goes after web browser-based wallets, email clients, and messenger software. Threat intelligence company Sequoia says, quote, we expect that the Steelk info stealer will become widespread in the near term as multiple threat actors add the malware to their arsenal while it is being poorly monitored, end quote. Python. All right. I, I, I do find this interesting. Um, I wish I better understood malware as a service. Okay, so I get the idea. Like basically someone has made a piece of malware that's very successful, it's very modular, and it can steal a variety of different types of data. Information stealing malware is a classification or category of malware that is very, very popular right now. You could see they mentioned VDAR, Raccoon, uh, and Redline. I don't know Mars, but like Redline Info Stealer, as far as I know, is like the dominant info stealer malware in the market right now or in our ecosystem okay so if you want to know a little bit about info stealers because it's like it's like knowing a little bit about ransomware okay like it is a mainstream style of malware go read about redline info stealer or raccoon those are the two that i've seen the most now <clears throat> steel steel c or steelic whatever is one of these things and it just does the same thing. It can it can harvest passwords from browsers. It can steal crypto wallets, whatever it is. You drop it on someone's computer and like their daily online life basically gets sucked up and sent to the bad guy. Now, the cool thing is script kitties, cool, I use cool in air quotes. The cool thing is that script kitties can use this because they don't need to understand how to write malware, how to like what C, you know, C++ looks like, anything. They just need to give some money to this Russian um, developer and they get a working copy of the malware. Now, malware as a service, the, the, what I don't get about this is like, and it's such a nerd thing of me to, to, to think of, but like, what is the inf like, what's the architecture of this thing look like? Like, if I deploy it on Matt McDaniel's machine and I get Matt McDaniel's information, like, where is the info stealer sending the data? Is it sending it to some C2 infrastructure that's hosted by Plymouth, the threat actor who wrote the code? And then Plymouth bundles it up into an archive and says it's Matt McDaniel's sensitive information dot zip. Here you go, Jerry. Like, thank you for your business. Like, is that how it works? Or is it sending it to me? Do I get the malware for a period of time? Is it a, a perpetual license? Do I get updates and in, in support? from the bad guys like i know it's super ridiculous and nerdy to want to like get into the details of how it is but at the end of the day microsoft office 365 is software as a, it's platform as a service but like microsoft word is software as a service right 
Malware as a service is just software as a service. It's a provided solution. But I would imagine you have to install it on someone's machine. So it's a little bit different than running Excel in a browser. So I want to know more about like what this actually looks like operationally. So if there's anyone in chat who is more familiar with these things, I'd love to know. Or if someone has a a write-up or something, or <laughs> what would be best is a graphic. Um, on or an infographic on how these things work. I would love to get more information on it. But, you know, basically for a couple bucks and no experience or knowledge, you too could steal a bunch of information. Developers warned of Trojanized PyPy packages mimicking popular libraries. Cybersecurity researchers are warning of imposter packages mimicking popular libraries available on the Python package index PyPy repository. The 41 malicious PyPy packages have been found to pose as typo-squatted variants of legitimate modules such as HTTP, AIO-HTTP, Erlib, and Erlib3. Fortinet, which also disclosed similar rogue HTTP packages on PyPy earlier this week, noted their ability to launch a Trojan downloader that in turn contains a DLL file packing a variety of functions. Hidden Yeah, I mean... I don't know. You're kind of screwed at this point. Okay, so PyPy, uh, if you do any Python programming, chances are, unless you're like a really great developer, chances are you're just like hacking together, cobbling together different libraries. Yes, you will write some original code, but it's basically like bubblegum or glue <laughs> to like glue the different packages together that you're leveraging, all right? Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I don't like go down to the bar with a beer and talk to other Python developers about how they do it. I'm basing this on my own experience, but I feel like a lot of people, like if, you, if you're if you looking to solve a problem with Python, chances are you like find a bunch of libraries that do it, and then you write a couple functions that call those functions and you know Frankenstein them together until you get some output that works for you and a lot of like commented out debug <laughs> a lot of commented out print statements uh with very print variable print variable okay so pypy repository gives you access to a lot of these things threat actors are typo squatting which we already spent a period of time speaking about earlier in the show on what typo squatting is so that's very very nice and relevant that we already did that work but the threat actors, here's the thing with open source code, you can fork a repository. What does forking mean? It means, let's say that BSEC spent the last two years writing a beautiful, beautiful Python library that does um, something. It scrapes websites, okay? Like very easily scrapes websites and can pull out the metadata or can pull out the graphics on the website and whatever. Very nicely done, BSEC. You've worked tirelessly without fanfare and no compensation on this beautiful Python web scraping library. Now, if I want to add to that library, I can do one of two things. I can either put in a pull request from BSEC, make some edits, try to commit it to the main branch, and then BSEC would review it and be like, yes, I think this does add value to the Python library. I accept. And then it gets integrated and I become a developer on that project. Or BSEC's like, no, Jerry, Jerry develops like trash. Reject. Okay. All, all that is to say that BSEC owns it, but I can fork it, which means I grab the code at a point in time and I start working on my own instance. And guess what? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. At that point, I'm the captain now. I decide what gets committed to the code because I own the fork. Okay. So what threat actors are doing is they're taking these very successful, very well known libraries and they're forking them and then they're sticking in a bunch of malicious activity calling it something similar so like using the same example let's call let's say that bsec's uh web scraper is called beautiful bsec right you're 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 beautiful bsec okay i could call it beautiful bsec but i could use a puny code for the e right i told you earlier the two dots over the e that is a completely different name library, even though it looks incredibly similar. Or beautiful BSEC with two C's on the end, right? Or beautiful BSEC pie, whatever, right? You're going to trick a lot of people into falling for it, right? And then you could start using SEO and social engineering techniques in order to get beautiful BSEC C uh, pushed up in front of beautiful BSEC 
right? Do you guys see what I'm saying? Like basically anyone can fork it, shove malicious activity. And then it's like a Trojan because all that functionality BSEC built in will continue to work. You can still scrape those web pages, but at the same time, I'm sucking up your data. I, I, I could stick a Redline Info Stealer in there, right? Whatever. So this sucks. <clears throat> Just be mindful of whenever you're doing these things. But this is a tough nut to crack, honestly, because as a developer myself from time to time, um, you know, I, I bring in libraries all the time. I'm not going to review the library source code. The whole reason you import libraries is to save time and not having to do it yourself. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just fork it. Fork it. Fork all of it. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's a challenging one. I will say that there are some uh, <clears throat> uh, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, the U.S. government are working towards securing open source software and making it more secure. Google, months ago, there was a story that came out of Google releasing kind of an open source software vulnerability scanner tool that's free. So you could scan libraries and stuff like that. You might be able to take advantage of that. But this is a tough nut to crack, which means two things. One, continue to see it um, in use, if not increased usage, because it's going to be difficult to defend against. And two, hopefully good guys will start focusing on ways to help defend uh, from this thing too. Yeah, see BSEC saying that there are some libraries, but then you got to put that in to look for the malicious code. Vulnerabilities in popular open source containers. Software security company Resilian yesterday released a white paper uncovering the presence of hundreds of Docker container images containing vulnerabilities that are not detected by most standard vulnerability scanners and SEA tools. According to the company, their research reveals that common practices in the build process of nearly every container image unknowingly introduces blind spots that leave the door open for attackers to try and exploit them because defenders are simply unaware of their existence. The paper, entitled Hiding in Plain Sight, Hidden Vulnerabilities in Popular Open Source Containers, is available through Resilient. Okay, <clears throat> couple things. One, right out the gate, I see Resilient, Bayer Chevet, and I, and I probably said that incorrectly, so uh, please grant me some grace. Bayer Chevet, Israel. All right, if Resilient's an Israeli-based company, you have my attention. I'm telling you guys, Israel, small country, Size of New Jersey pumps out security professionals, security technologies, security solutions like a factory, like high quality security. Okay. So um, if you work in an environment with Docker containers, um, much like I do, <laughs> Docker containers, Kubernetes, um, any of those things, uh, part of the deal with Docker is that it it abstracts a layer of complexity and bakes in all of the dependencies um, into an image or into a, a a solution. So you can that's the whole the whole deal with containers is that you don't need to worry that the person who's going to run it has the right Python version or has the right you know um, code base or anything like that. It containerizes it, which means you just plug it into the matrix and it runs, right? It, 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 it brings its own dependencies, BYOD, except it's bring your own dependencies, okay? Very cool. Obviously, Resilient has done some research here and discovered that there are some hidden vulnerabilities that are presented when you load these containers because um, like, you don't have visibility into it. Like, You basically have abstracted out uh, your ability to be like deep into the code, which makes sense because it's faster, it's easier, it's more reliable, uh, but you trade off visibility and transparency a little bit into those images and they've discovered some vulnerability. So it might be worth looking into uh, whether or not this could affect you. Um, you know, the, the Docker Kubernetes community is probably going to uh, respond to this. There, I could see... If this turns into something, I could see this being, you know, a couple very interesting talks at Hacker Camp this summer. Um, if more work is being done into uh, Docker images and stuff like that, it's a relatively new technology. I mean, it's been around for a few years, but like it, it's getting wider and wider adoption. Um, so with adoption comes more eyes, and with more eyes comes more threat actors, and more threat actors comes more security research. Okay, uh, so very interesting. They looked at 100,000 container images, guys. That's not like looking at nine images and finding vulns. 100,000 is quite a few. Um, 
including official container images for Docker. Okay, so these aren't just like uh, weird offshoot ones. And they contain hidden vulnerabilities or are prone to hidden vulnerabilities. Yeah, so this would beg more research by me, like what kind of vulnerabilities, why are they hidden? Hidden in what way? Like you can't see them or you can't mitigate them, you can't remediate them, I, you know. How bad a vulnerability? Is it just like, you know, a small vulnerability? It says high or critical, but like, you know, when I think critical, I think like unauthenticated, unauthenticated remote code execution. So can you escape the container? Like, we need to go deeper into this story to really appreciate how bad this is or if this is just like a very splashy story for Brazilian. But like I said, they're Israeli-based, so chances are it's it's pretty good research and pretty thorough. Remember to join us for our weekend review show. No, I will not join you because I am into the end of the show. All right, guys. So if you were here just for the news, uh, before you boogie out of here, I do want to remind you last night, I said it wasn't going to happen, but Cody got up with me at like late, like three o'clock. Uh, this guy is a very busy man. Um, I wanted to strike while the iron was proverbially hot. So we went live last night with active engagement, cybersecurity research with Cody Kinsey. Guys, this guy is dynamite. If you don't know Cody, he's all aces. Super awesome dude. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's Joe Belton. You're not going to be happy with the announcement about tonight. Okay, so go check out this uh, thing. Um, we talked about Simply CyberCon. I think, I think Cody might actually be running a training at Simply CyberCon. Um, he and his group of people are responsible for developing the microcontroller USB nuggets. Look at this little kitty cat. Okay. I ordered two last night, the USB nugget, the Wi-Fi nugget. Um, I think he's going to run in an entire training um, at Simply CyberCon. And I'm super excited about it. So if you're interested in that, uh, he's an OSINT expert. He's a wireless hacking expert. Um, he's just a really, really good guy. Uh, you probably know him or have seen him from his Nullbyte um, YouTube channel. Like if you've ever... Um, gone on to Nullbyte, uh, then you know exactly who he is. Let me see this. Yeah, this is such a great, like, dude, how many, how many subs has this guy got? 880,000 subs. Okay. Cody, Cody's the man. I was so glad. And thanks, Adam. No, Josh Mason, this is not a joke. We are, we are all, we're all, um, full steam ahead on Simply CyberCon. All right, guys, so that's going to do it for the news today. Uh, I've got two minutes to jaw jack. Then I've got a meeting at 9 a.m. with my man, Aaron. Uh, so I got to get ready for that. But I can spend just a minute jaw jacking. Um, I do want to wish you all a happy weekend. Have a great weekend. Uh, we busted our hump all week. We've earned we've earned it, okay? Special thanks to uh, Chuck Sapp, Kimberly McKnight, Carrie, and Gaming with the Cat for launching the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Yep, Northstar. Yep. Security FWD is his channel now. So, Alana. So, hey, there was going to be a show uh, tonight, um, like Simply Cyber Unfiltered. That's no longer happening. I have a personal commitment that has um, that has superseded that, but we will do it. Uh, Simply CyberCon will be a conference. I'm actually going to engage. I'm going to see a Velda. Uh, over at Anti-Siphon. She runs all the conferences over there. If she would just lend her expertise for a minute for our meeting. I'm going to do an open meeting uh, with the mods, but it will be live on stream. So chat, Simply Cyber Community, you will be there. Cody's last name is Kinsey, K-O-D-Y, K-I-N-Z-I-E. Cody Kinsey. There we go. Um, there are different, there are different types of modes you can flash the Wi-Fi nugget. Uh, maybe, yeah. Like, it's got a whole, a lot of functionality. So the Wi-Fi nugget can do DAuth. The USB nugget cannot do it. Yeah, I know. Tonight, tonight. But we'll, we'll take care of it, guys. I'm thinking, realistically, I would like Simply CyberCon to happen. Personally, I'm leaning towards, like, between Thanksgiving and Christmas time frame. Like before the Christmas rush gets going, but after, you know, everybody deals with Thanksgiving and you got like a little bit of downtime, 
maybe that Monday following where everybody's just kind of like still in a turkey coma. Yeah, North Star, I think you'll really enjoy it. <clears throat> All right, guys, that's going to do it. Oh, yeah, thanks, Jim Whale. Zach Hill, TCM, they crush it. They are crushing it out there. Thanks, Matt McDaniel. Yeah, the unfiltered show will show up, I promise you. Cyber Sealy Queen is enjoying the live streams. Oh, good. Well, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here, Cyber Sealy, helping each other out. Did you record the podcast from yesterday and post it yet? I don't see it. Um, <clears throat> I I didn't do that. Um, are you talking about the Cody one? Yeah. N not that I'm aware of yet. It will be posted, though, okay? Base case helps me with that. Oh, yeah, we could do uh, Threat Gen Red versus Blue at SCCon. That's a good idea. Like I said, when we do the SCCon planning live stream, we can capture all these ideas and um, see what see what, what what comes of it. All right, guys, I got to boogie out of here. Thank you all so very much. Have a wonderful weekend. You guys are the best. And until next time, stay secure. <laughs>